Hi, I'm Dr. AJ Lee, a learning implementation strategist and manager of customer success here at Franklin Covey. Welcome back to the Be a Better Leader podcast. This this season, we're talking about recharging. We want to help you recharge your leaders, recharge your teams, recharge your culture, and recharge your results. As we've been discussing the many challenges organizations, teams, and individuals are facing throughout this season, culture looms as one of the make-or-break variables in an organization's success. Recharging your culture is key to keeping people at all levels engaged and empowered to give their best efforts, which in turn helps you to get the best results. And who better to talk about all of this than Todd Davis, a Franklin Covey senior consultant and thought leader, best-selling author, and our former chief people officer. Todd, welcome to the stage. So grateful to have you. Hey, AJ. It's great to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, wonderful. Well, we'll go ahead and dig in. I would love to start with the big question first, which is what are mission, vision, values, how are they defined, and why is it important for organizations to make sure that they're clear for their people? Yeah, great great way to start. Um, uh, the mission, vision, and values, you mentioned earlier ways to, to recharge uh, your people. Uh, culture is one of those ways, and I know I'm biased, but I would I would argue that culture is the way. And mm-hmm. and in my experience, and as you mentioned, I was the chief people officer for 18 years at Franklin Covey. The mission, vision, values, when when done right, are really the foundation for the culture. Uh, the mission, the mission statement, the company's mission statement, really describes. Uh, the organization's reason for being, or the, the reason for their existence. Why are what? Why are you doing what you do? Uh, Franklin Covey's mission statement: We enable greatness in people and organizations everywhere. That's that's why we are in existence. That, mm-hmm. I personally love our mission statement. Yes, agreed. <laughs> and so so do our employees. It really it's really galvanizing. It brings us all together, and it just again reminds everyone what is our reason for being. And then the vision statement describes where we want to head, where we want to go. And I, I've worked with several organizations who have a mission statement. They don't have a vision statement. And I think that's a challenge because it's great to understand why you're in existence, but but where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? What is the aspiration of the organization? So that's the vision statement is what is the ideal state? You know, what is it that you're that you're reaching for? And then the values in my experience, well, well done values really describe the behaviors, the top behaviors you want to see through the organization. I was out running with a, a friend of mine just the other day, and we were talking about the turnover in this person's organization. And it, it started out talking about a pay issue. And the more we talked, it really was a, a pay issue was a symptom, but the symptom, but the, but the real challenge in our discussion turned out to be they don't really have defined values. Mm. And, and so people are really, um, there, there's no real structure to say, gosh, what do, what do those who are completely on board and engaged look like? What do they do? What are they modeling? So, so the values, sorry to, to ramble on about this, but the values really describe the, the ideal behaviors you want to see in an organization. And why that's important for attention is that then the, the employees can decide, gosh, is this a company I want to be a part of? Is this how I really, uh, get excited about when people are behaving this way. I love how you articulated that, Todd, and really 
identifying the differences between all three, because I think a lot of organizations might assume that the mission is enough, (laughs) that there's no need to go down to actually position where we headed from a vision side and from a value side, give employees something to really cling to and connect to. Uh, For those organizations or leaders that might be in a place where they haven't defined one of those three specific uh, items, mission, vision, values, what would be your recommendation as to a good place to start? Uh, yeah, great question. I actually have, have been fortunate enough to help several organizations. I, I was just helping. It was a smaller company, but uh, last month they were just getting started. And, and so it was more my role was more to explain to them what we just talked about. What, what is this? And then where I think a great place to start is for the leadership of the organization, let's let's say they don't have any of this yet. Let's say they don't have mission, vision, values. They have a purpose, maybe, and that's it. Yeah, I would I would recommend that the senior leadership of the company decide um, kind of what they want. Not not create the mission statement in a vacuum with them, but kind of decide what they want the organization to to what their definition is of why the organization is in existence. Kind of get that loosely defined and then involve the entire organization. Mm. And that can be ominous, especially if you have a large organization. But we've done that. We, we updated. We've always had a mission statement, but we updated Franklin Covey's mission statement, gosh, 20, 24 years ago. And we still love it. So we haven't had a need to update the mission statement. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the other things we've updated. But but at that time, we had a project leader uh, by the name of Catherine, and, and we got input from every part of the organization on those words, We what ended up being, we enable greatness in people and organizations everywhere. So I wouldn't start with a blank piece of paper. I would start with the leadership having an idea of kind of the neighborhood you want the, the mission statement in, and then put that out and start to get input uh, from various, various uh, parts of the company so that everybody feels like they had some, some buy-in or some say. Wow. Wow. And and I love that because it is, I think a lot of executives or leaders assume that it is solely their responsibility to define these things. And they, it just that deeper awareness to what you shared to involve support and solicit feedback from the team, I I think could be invaluable. Um, From your experiences, once you have that buy-in, have you found that it's easier to empower employees to be able to execute upon those values once they're clearly defined and they have bought in uh, to that mission, vision, values? Well, absolutely. And for the reason you just said, if, if I've been a part of it, or at least I had some input, whether they used my word or my ideas or not, at least I was involved in it, then then absolutely. Now, that brings up uh, a, a, another topic I, or a, a, another point that I wanted to make, and that is, so those original employees w- Fortunately, many of them are still here, but we have a lot of people, including yourself, you know, others that joined us that weren't part of that. And so it's equally as important as employees come on to certainly make sure they understand the mission statement, but make sure they understand the 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 uh, pieces of the mission statement and what went into building it and why we still today find it so meaningful and purposeful. And we talk about that in our interview process with people to make sure that that it's something they would be really excited about since they weren't here when we created it. But but yes, to your to your question, absolutely. If people are excited about the mission statement, then it, it flows through everything they do and it gives them, you know, the why behind the what of whatever their particular role is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, kind of changing gears to a leader's responsibility in all of this um, when they are 
empowered to take action and have their decisions aligned to the stated values of organizations? How can they make sure that they're staying on target? And what would be your recommendation to a leader that wants to continue to keep the values top of mind, to live them out, but but practically? How would you recommend a leader go about uh, that process? Yeah, that's a really good question because as we said, the values, the values are really the behaviors you want to to have the top performers and 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 what we hope everybody strives to be uh, doing. And so, if the values, uh, if if a leader isn't modeling the values herself or himself, then then you know, starting that's a we're dead in the water there. Yeah. And so, I, I think first and foremost, the leader. Here he has to make sure that they uh, can't just go along with the values, but they're really bought into them, that they agree with, with these being the top values. And we, at Franklin Kevin, we have four top values. I work this one organization I was talking about the other day, they have 15. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a lot. That is um, a lot. And there, yeah, there isn't a prescribed number. I think 15 is maybe too many. Maybe some would argue four is too few, but, uh, but, Back to your question, I think a leader first and foremost needs to be bought into the values herself, and then uh, when 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 they have the teams they're leading in that, when they see maybe a behavior that doesn't align with that, or they want to um, help reinforce the values, uh, then they can come from a place of authenticity and say, "Gosh, here's why this is important. Here's why growth of the whole person is important, or here's why you know living our principles is important." Because, and then they can go on and 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 they will be seen as an example that models that. So I think it's it's really important that a leader not just buys in, but is modeling those values every day. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I think it's that connection, right, of their personal values aligned to the values of the organization, and once they can identify that to your point, they can better articulate confidence that that this is what I, I aim to do. I'm not going to be perfect in it, but uh, we're all moving towards the same target as yeah, well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in terms of culture itself, really starting to drive organizational culture, how does a values-driven culture impact employee engagement and retention from what you've seen in other organizations? Well, back to back to this conversation I was having with this friend who they were experiencing such turnover. And and while on the on the surface it looked like it was a pay issue, it really was people weren't passionate, aren't passionate about this particular organization. Mm-hmm. And as I was talking to my friend and asking them why they are so passionate about it, they had a lot to say, but I, I, I about why they are. And I said, so, so do the people on the front lines? This person's in a pretty senior level role. And I said, so do the people on the front lines even know some of that history you were just talking about, or some of those stories? And this person said to me, "That's a really good question. I don't know." And and that's I think the the crux of 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 the answer to your question, AJ, is that if people understand the values and and they can see the end result. You know, when we bring, and again, just as an example, and sorry to keep referring to Franklin Covey, but it's where I work. (laughs) When we bring people into the company, part of our orientation process, we show a couple of short snippets of some videos of our clients and what they've done. They're not, they're not ads for the company, but they're just showing the rollout of a solution or what, how it changed. And I watch it. It's on zoom now, but I watch people's faces, our new employees faces as they're watching these amazing stories be told about how 
some of the solutions at Franklin Covey really changed uh, the outcomes in their organization. And I can see it in our employees' faces. They're going, wow, and I'm going to be a part of that. All right. And so I think the more that leaders can make sure, you know, age old wisdom, but communicate, 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 make sure that employees know, hey, whether you're the receptionist or whether you're the implementation strategist in, in, in our case or the, the account executive or whatever, you're a part of this. You helped make this happen. And here's the part that you play in that. And you ought to be proud of that. And the more that you can communicate that and have people feel like they're, in addition to earning an income and, and uh, you know, getting their benefits or whatever, that they're making a difference in some piece of the world. It's really, it's really exciting and, and, and invigorates the culture. Absolutely. And I think that's a culture that we all want to be a part of, right? Where it is overly communicated and people are bought in and able to raise challenges and, and those opportunities as well. Um, speaking of challenges that may a leader may encounter when trying to uh, really execute upon this opportunity to drive values through the culture, what challenges could you expect or have you navigated through uh, when yeah. you're trying to align culture to those values? And then what are some of the areas of opportunity to overcome them? Yeah. So short of saying, well, companies that just do the opposite of everything we've just been talking yeah. about. But, but yeah, where I have seen challenges are where uh, the values haven't been clearly defined, you know, and like you mentioned, or a company that may only have a vision or a purpose statement, nothing else. So, so that's great. I love the mission statement, but what is living that or being a part of that look like? I don't know. We haven't thought about that. So that's the first thing is if you haven't really defined, what does it look like? Um, to to live our values or to be be a, a, a top uh, highly effective person in our organization. What does that look like? So clearly defining what that looks like. If we haven't done that, that's a, that's a, a problem. If we've defined that, or if we've we've stated honesty. Okay, let's say I, you'll see some companies that our value statements are in sentences, but some companies are just in words. And so we say one of our values is honesty. I'm not criticizing that, but but I would want, if I were in that organization, I would say, okay, and then put a little short line about what does that look like? What does it look like? Or integrity. Okay, great. Integrity is a great value. What does that look like in XYZ organization? So clear getting getting down to what is the when you're modeling that, what does that look like? That's another that's another opportunity and challenge. If it's not there, it's a challenge uh, and it's an opportunity to create it. And then I think the the biggest one I've seen is when those things are done and yet the leaders are not modeling those things and they expect the rest of the company or you know, do, do what I say, not what I do, or do as I say, not as I do. Uh, and that's a challenge. So I, I think anyone in a leadership position, and as you mentioned, not perfect, we fall down, but yeah. really good leaders, I think work with their team and say, hey, will you call me out when you see me not modeling this and, and, and allow me to do the same as the leader of this team? And let's, be, let's hold each other accountable to these values. Um, the, the other thing that, that I have failed to mention is the values really should be written in a way so that key decisions that are being made in the organization, whether it's how do we do right by this client or how do we solve this problem, is when we come up with the, the answer to say, does that align with our values? Because yeah. I know we found ourselves sometimes in a situation where we're saying, gosh, here's what we'd like to do, but that doesn't really align with our values of of you know, making sure the customer 
is getting exactly what they have asked us to do. And so we got to rethink this. And so I think it holds you accountable when you have your values well articulated to do the right thing at every, at every, uh, at every decision point. Mm. And, and I love what you're describing, Todd, and you've been describing this whole time is how the values drive behavior and how important it is to just be super clear as an organization asking, like, what does this look like practically, giving that definition under the values, and then also being able to take a step back and, and use those values as a signpost, if you will, to ask the question, does this situation align to our values as well? Uh, exactly. So we we often at Franklin Covey, as, as you're familiar, use the performance curve as well, which which references how important it is for an organization to move righter and tighter in terms of driving behavior and, and culture within the organization. When we talk about the impact on recharging leaders, teams and cultures and results, what impact uh, would you say that organization is able to have when they institute uh, the culture focus that we've been speaking of. Yeah, well, if if the values accurately reflect um, the behaviors you want in the company, then huge impact. And again, just to, to self-reference here, our our uh, uh, in, in one of our core values, the pursuit of growth. Uh, and we talk about being committed to meaningful growth, both for our, our employees as individuals, but as an organization with our clients, when we talk about um, lasting client impact is one of our four core values. We care deeply about our clients and making sure that they can achieve their own great purposes. So, so just as an example, that value, when we, when we live that value, it helps us move, as we say, rider and tighter, because our focus is on the customer first. And is everything you're doing, are we making sure that at the end of the day, the customer is getting what they hired us to do and, and then some? And so, and so on that particular value, if we've got everybody focused on that, well, then it, it, it serves to align, uh, uh, align everyone in the organization with, what, with the growth of the organization and, and helping us perform at even a higher level. So all of that, as I ramble on, is to say that ensure that at least one of the values is tied to, uh, in, in a good way, the, the, the appropriate growth of the organization and doing right by the clients and putting the clients first. That would be a a recommendation of mine to make sure you have a value that is client focused. Yes, yes, such a powerful takeaway. Uh, it's not; it's about the culture internally, but also about the impact externally as well. Uh, well, absolutely, because the if I'm, I mean, maybe there's an exception, but I think most people, if I'm doing, if I'm a part of something really meaningful, and I helped some team or some organization achieve something that you know they were striving for. I feel pretty good about what I'm doing in my company and I feel pretty good about the culture. So I think it comes back. We all want to be a part of something that matters and makes a difference. And so, yeah, a value that focuses on doing really great client work, I think can have a, I don't think I know can have a huge impact on your culture. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Todd, thank you so much for your time, for your wealth of wisdom and experience shared uh, for the listeners who want to gain more insights on building a strong culture, you can continue uh, learning through our downloadable free guide called Three Steps to Build a Culture Where Teams Thrive. You can find the link in the show notes or you can visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. Till next time. Mm -hmm.